Hello and welcome to Setting the Skein. I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. And Elijah, I don't know where the heck you are this week, but we got someone else to come and be on the podcast this oh, week. Wow. It's our good friend, Brandon. Friend, Brandon. Friend, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Say hi to I'm me. good. Long time listener, first time caller. Glad to be here. <laughs> oh, Brandon, we are very glad to have you here. And it is such a special occasion. Um, you see, this past Sunday... It is. Uh, this past Sunday, my incredible parents celebrated 40 years of marriage. Ooh. And you know how we're... Ooh. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you know how we're celebrating? We're reviewing the movie that my dad took my mom to see on their first date. That's what, what, what is it you celebrate an anniversary? Are, are you celebrating the fact that you haven't killed each other in 40 years? Or are you celebrate Like, what... Like I, I just I'm just asking for a friend here. <laughs> I mean, they're celebrating uh, 40 years of being married to each other, and uh, yeah, I guess not killing each other, and probably something <laughs> about love. People say congratulations, and I'm like, that, that seems a little morbid. It's like, what are you congratulating <laughs> us for staying together? Are you congratulating us for loving each other? I mean, I'd argue that it sounds more morbid what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's not to be expected. <laughs> Well, I think that's that's just anyway. Something you know to think, think about, folks. Just something to think about. Well, Ladies. I mean, we are going to be talking about love because, according to my dad, this is a love story. And honestly, after watching this, I I, I kind of agree with him. Yeah. Ladies, Tristan single. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, I am very single. Yes. It's okay, oh, Tristan. Boy, we still so love you. Know. you. Uh, we love and you. if you would That's like to date with Tristan, uh, just go find him. All you need, all you need is love. Just love is all you need. And ben, so. yep. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to quit being around the bush. Uh, the movie that we watched this week is called Time After Time. Hit that bush. It's a, a 1979 film. Uh, Tristan's got some more information. Uh, but before we get too far into that, I just kind of want to briefly explain the premise of this film. Uh, so you've got H.G. Wells, who's hanging out, you know, in the late 1890s. And as he does, you know, he, he built a time machine. Um, turns out uh, one of the guys that he plays chess with um, is also Jack the Ripper. Uh, and the police track Jack the Ripper to H.G. Wells' neighborhood. So Jack is like, well, uh, I'm going to steal H.G. Wells' time machine and travel to the future. So H.G. Wells is like, well, I got to go get him. And that's the premise for this movie. Yeah. Tristan, tell me some facts about this movie. You got it. Um, it. It is directed by Nicholas Meyer, which I believe we said is his first movie. Yes. Was it his uh, last film, too? I don't know. Absolutely not. No. Uh, this is not the first Nicholas Meyer film we've reviewed on this podcast. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Uh, we talked about Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Oh, of course. Several weeks ago. I wasn't on for that one. Oh, well, it was a good movie. Um, well, yeah. That's good. Wrath He's of still Khan working. was actually his second. Um, was his second film that he ever directed. So, I, I mean, from know. the two I've seen, he's done a pretty good job. He also directed Star Trek Four and Star Trek Six. Which, if I remember Doug saying correctly, the even-numbered ones are good. So, take that for what it's worth. So all the ones directed by Nicholas Meyer. Apparently. <laughs> uh, great. Well, he's the director. 
Um, we've got Malcolm McDowell as the uh, as the protagonist, uh, Mr. H.G. Wells. And we've got David Warner as uh, Dr. John Leslie Stevenson. We've got Mary Steenbergen as Amy Robbins, which becomes H.G. Wells's girlf. And that's about it. That's about all you would know in this cast. Uh, Did you say I his mean, girlf? His girlf. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that's what you said. <laughs> well, not a, not not initially his girlf, but I mean, of course, you know, as things go, you meet, you go on a date, you, you decide to be girlfriend, boyfriend. All right. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> there wasn't. Me. There wasn't. I mean, this this movie once they traveled to the 70s what was it like two days maybe three days uh canonically yeah. it was five days five days so it's love mean, first sight i mean you meet someone <laughs> maybe real fast find out they're from the past you know run away from a serial killer you know things happen and hey. then you just say you know what i'm gonna go back to the 1890s exactly. with this random man i just met a week ago exactly yeah that saved your life it, it takes all types, guys. Yeah. Anyway, uh, looking at some uh, reviews for this movie, it's actually decently well-reviewed. Uh, it's got an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes won't load, so I don't know which score that is, but it's got an 87% <laughs> there. Uh, it's got a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb and a 69% on Metacritic. So, like, this isn't a, a bad movie. And yeah, yeah, I, I got some pretty good reviews. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I've heard my dad tell... The, I, I've heard both my parents tell the story of their first date and um my mom would always kind of shrug it off as like and i kind of got the impression that you know it really wasn't that good of a movie other than my parents telling me about it i hadn't heard of it so honestly i wasn't expecting a lot but i'm not gonna lie I, i honestly really enjoyed myself with this movie yeah i had a good time it uh i mean i of course when i first looked this movie up i thought of the cindy lopper song time after time <laughs> so actually like, fun fact about that uh cindy lopper came up with the name of the song when she was looking in the tv guide and saw this movie are you serious i am dead serious well I it's, that it's a part of the song time yeah. after time she says it in the song so i guess she just got that idea mm-hmm. that's wild mm. yeah well, that definitely became the more popular piece of media to come out of these, yeah, well, uh, this idea. But anyway, he's right. I didn't think this would be a good movie, but I really did enjoy myself. And um, I think Malcolm McDowell is a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed seeing him, too, even though he's not in a whole lot these days. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? Did you have any kind of expectations coming into this? Um, I had never seen it before. Um I have also only had the ex- uh, experiences with the song by Sidney Lauper. But um, yep. when I saw that Ma- Malcolm McDowell was in it, I thought of Clockwork Orange. And I was like, so this movie's probably going to be very much like Clockwork Orange. It's going to be very abstract and slow in parts. Mm-hmm. And in a way that held up. But it was a lot better movie than I thought it would be well i guess we should dive on in uh so uh back in what 1895 i guess uh hg wells wrote a book called the time machine which 
as far as I know, is the first piece of literature to ever really talk about time travel. Uh, now, granted, he wrote it more for social commentary at the time uh, than anything. Um, but really, that's kind of the introduction of time travel into media. And kind of since then, it's become so much bigger and you've got all these rules like different people follow different rules for time travel and i don't know how do y'all feel about time travel well i think it's i think it's complicated Mm -hmm. i think it's probably overdone these days Mm -hmm. um well maybe it was overdone back in like the 90s i don't know but you do have but the back to the future films and as doug will say it's a perfect movie um I disagree with that but and doug's not here to defend that <laughs> so um it is pretty good though and i think that i think that contributed to the oversaturation mm-hmm. um i don't think it maybe is today a thing that you would you know roll your eyes out if you saw another time travel thing come out I, I think it's been done in interesting ways and it still is being done in interesting ways because it's something that can be so dynamic and can change so much. Um, like it's kind of like um, um, it, 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 it's so malleable and the rules of time travel can change so much. It's like you do whatever you want. It's like zombies. It's like, you know, you know, the idea of a zombie, you know what a zombie is. Mm-hmm like in your mind, but you, we probably all think of a different thing when we think of a zombie, like probably someone that eats flesh, but mm-hmm. is the zombie slow? Can it go underwater? Is it like just infected or is it like falling apart? Like in time travel, like, can they see copies of themselves? Can they interact with them? Do they disappear? Like all these different rules. Does the butterfly change. effect exist or do you just create it another um multiverse kind of deal yeah it's one of those concepts that opens up way more questions Uh than it could possibly answer in one sitting so i will say one thing that i do appreciate about time after time it doesn't try to answer those um like yeah time travel is a thing in this movie but it doesn't spend a lot of time like getting into it like you kind of get a brief explanation from H.G. Wells about how his machine works at the beginning of the film. And then that's pretty much it. Uh, that's yeah. the only yeah. explanation you get. I think when you have something like Back to the Future, you, you watch it and like almost like the premise of the movie is time travel. Like every scene, there's something about time travel. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you get done watching the movie, you're like, okay. Now I just want to spend some time in my time and not think about <laughs> another time. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think I think you're spot on, Tristan. How the it's it's very saturated. Um, like it was, it almost seems like there was a time in the '70s and then in the '90s, uh, and then you have Back to the Future in the middle of those two, like playing with the concept of tried time travel was really trendy and like um it was a go-to but it was it was overdone mm-hmm. but like thinking of a of a good nowadays it's not really that 
big of a deal anymore. Like the honestly, the only movie in recent memory that I can think of as time travel is um, that the one Harry Potter movie. I don't remember which one. Where they have that time, yes, where they have the time spinning. Well, here, let and, me give you another one. Uh, Avengers Endgame. That's true. That's yeah. fair too. Yeah. That's it. And um, I won't say too much because they're still fairly recent. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, Marvel is kind of digging into time travel, multiverse kind of stuff. And you're about to get a lot more of it. Time travel yeah. to me just feels... Are you going to say something else, Brent? I'm sorry. I forgot what I was going to say. That's okay. <laughs> to me, it, it feels like a cop-out a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It just, I can see that. Yeah, it's like... You know, Marvel. Marvel's a good example, and I I haven't seen Loki. I haven't seen like some of the. I've seen WandaVision, but I haven't seen the new shows, and mm-hmm. I'm not like fully up up to date on Marvel stuff. But I do know that it is going in the time travel direction. Like, there's a new Spider-Man movie coming out, the multiverse about the multiverse. I mean, it's just, it's just like they've they've complete, and this is the comic books do this. Like, mm-hmm. it's no surprise that we were going to get this stuff but it's like i didn't like it then i don't like it now mm-hmm. it just it's like oh well, i guess we'll just go back in time and redo it or we'll yep. just go and revisit this thing remember the thing that happened let's go <clears throat> back to it it's like I, I will say that is actually one thing i don't like about how marvel does time travel uh it doesn't feel like their actions really have any real consequences right um mm-hmm. though i Again, no I, ever really I don't want to say too much uh, just because I don't want to spoil anything because uh, as of today or th- at the time of recording this, uh, the season finale of Loki just aired. So uh, I don't know if either of y'all are interested in watching it or if anyone who might be listening to this maybe hasn't seen it yet. Um, but it does look like that is going to change some, at least uh, in the MCU. We'll see how much because uh, it is still the marvel cinematic universe and you know there are no stakes to anything ever there's not you know it's it's like it's like star wars um i don't know i don't think it's a disney thing i think it's just a thing that exists with movies um i think it's like we're gonna we're gonna make a movie where so and so dies or whatever but but we can just go back in time and get them and it's all better now, or we can do something interesting with time. But the thing is that typically these days it's done in an interesting way and I don't hate it. It's See, I don't feel I like I'm seeing like it all the Star time. Wars handle time travel. Uh, with oh. the world between worlds. Oh yeah, of course. I'd say it's not like traditional time travel, but that's, I think as close as Star Wars is willing to get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but with but I I was getting at like these characters, you know, no one ever really dies. It's oh, like no, I mean I agree with that. We're not we're not like just letting this happen and play out as a story can play out. Like you're giving us too much information, and Disney's going to have Marvel forever. They're just going to keep making this stuff to step like, on. To step up on Michael's soapbox, the yeah. mouse is going to do what the mouse wants to do to make money. So 
if they want to kill someone off and then they want to introduce time travel to create three movies on how they're going to get this person back, they're going to do it because they know that all of us are going to go pay money to watch it. Yep. Yeah. And we're all going to enjoy it. But they they're going to do this like that. So and yeah. that way time travel is a cop out. Yeah. And it's like what 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 stops HG Wells from going back in time in this movie like after the movie happens. I guess what stops it is the movie's over. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I guess you know what happened well like what what would stop him from going back in time and then seeing Jack the Ripper there again? Like we don't know we don't know what that means for this movie, which I like about this movie. Is yeah, it's not I, I mean, the movie kind of answers that question by saying, uh, don't worry about that. Yeah, the, when he explains his machine, he's like, yeah, so first you put in the time you want to go to, mm-hmm. and then you pull this lever and you push this button, and then the time spheres merge, and then you're there, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the time spheres okay yeah i got i got you now i yeah. what <laughs> but he just moves on and all, all of his friends are like oh time spears okay well, yeah yeah that's i that's what i really liked about this movie that time travel was not the movie time travel was a means mm-hmm. to an end to tell the story yeah Say honestly, sorry. uh, I think it's really cool um, when we were doing research on this that there is obviously the Jack the Ripper that you learn about in history class in the 1890s, but there was also a Jack the Ripper um, like esque person serial killer in England in 1970s when this film was made. So I'm assuming that they use time travel to almost kind of connect those two events because i i don't see that necessarily being a coincidence um i just thought that was really cool how time travel helped make the movie good but Mm -hmm. didn't make the movie the movie right sense so i feel like the movie as a whole is really just about the three main characters it's uh, you've got this relationship between H.G. Wells and John Stevenson, and then also H.G. Uh, Wells and Amy. You've got this like interesting triangle. Um, so uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, at the beginning of the film, you see H.G. Wells and uh, John Stevenson. I mean, they're friends. They're at a dinner party together. They play chess all the time. And um, John is clearly so much better at chess. It's kind of foreshadowing how they're, uh, interactions are going to go throughout the film um, that he's always going to be one step ahead of H.G. Wells. Um, so I think it's interesting just to kind of watch H.G. Wells essentially try and play catch up the entire film. Uh, like even after uh, John fakes his death um, after the car crash and he's essentially still trying to play catch up even though uh, he thinks that John Stevenson's dead. He's still trying to figure out um like as soon as he finds out that another um person has been killed he's like right back on it yeah another interesting uh explanation 
that H.G. Wells gives for his time machine is at the end of the movie when uh, when Stevenson d- d- dies? Question mark. We don't he, know. He pulls the <clears throat> key out and he's and she's like, "Where did he go?" And he's like, "He went to where he belongs." Infinity. He became he Buzz Lightyear. He went to infinity and beyond. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's like the time series. You're just supposed to be like that happened. He's no longer. Yeah. There. I think I think H.D. Wells says something along the lines of like, "There's no more Jack Ripper anymore. Jack the Ripper anymore." And you're just like, "Well, okay, that happened." Yeah, I mean, it was something like that. Uh, essentially, is plot resolved. We we did the thing. I mean, this this was clearly a movie made on a a, a somewhat. I would say somewhat small budget. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, we could not find the budget numbers. We looked for a little while and could not find anything. It made twelve million in the 13. box office, which or thirteen, which was not that much at all. Right. Um, and I can't imagine it being much more than that. So, because uh, a Space Odyssey, a movie that came out ten years prior, mm-hmm. uh, was like, did we? I think I said twelve million dollars. Yeah, uh, so I mean, I'd say I mean I I would argue it might even be uh, this would even be less than that because the special effects aren't I feel like half of what they were in a Space Odyssey. No, because <laughs> really the only special effects you get are what the th- three or four times we see the time machine used. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's all you need. I mean, the rest right. of it happens in real life. Right. Yeah, not in space or anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was wonky. So what did y'all think of those uh, uh, special effects that we got? So they were they were pretty limited, and you know it's 1979, and I mean obviously it wasn't Star Wars or anything, but honestly I thought that like I didn't think they were bad. Um, I think if you tried to release it today, people would be like, "Dude, really?" But for 1979, I don't think it's that bad. I feel like I could tell how they did it. You know they. just the the like they went from like into the negatives and tinted the characters mm-hmm. and it was very much like not practical effects like this was stuff that they did to the film to mm-hmm. like edit it rather than just like in Star Wars or even the Space Odyssey where you're just using models mm-hmm. and like light you know and just like interesting ways to use light so yeah it's <clears throat> It, it, it was something else that wasn't a practical effect and I think that is that's what that's what kind of makes it stand stand out a little bit otherwise yeah it was fine I mean it was just I mean I don't know really how you would achieve that same kind of effect practically I don't know. <laughs> it buzzed it whirred it, yeah it yeah <laughs> it had some flashy mean, lights yeah, it was just a bunch of lights, flashing lights. So honestly, the only thing that really kind of stood out is like, oh, that doesn't look good, was when he pulled the little key out and it would flash. Yeah. So that part is like, oh, that does not look good. Whenever I was watching it, it just, the special effects, it felt like I was watching a movie that came out in like the 60s, not a movie that came out in 1979. That's like fair. it just it seemed like the special effects were aged when it came out. I think sense. this 
the special yeah it does I, I think it's because they had a smaller budget they must have had a smaller budget making this movie they didn't have the money to have like props and like puppeteers and things like that mm-hmm. to to make the time machine look like it's moving through space and include that aspect all we got was we got hg Wells sitting and sweating in the time machine breaking his glasses. close-ups of pieces close-ups of things breaking off and like his glasses coming off and stuff like that and otherwise lights flashing and the the <clears throat> the edits made to the film mm-hmm. so yeah it was it was fine it makes it made sense for what it was i yeah. think i'd say that was not the thing i had a problem with in this movie the thing that i had a problem with in this movie was uh the love interest, Amy. Uh, oh. Which for me was just really disappointing. H.G. Uh, Wells was uh, throughout his life was a huge proponent of, and say the movie calls it women's liberation, but essentially women's rights. Like he was uh, very progressive, especially for the time. Um, and then you've got this movie with H.G. Wells and they try and like write her off as like, oh, well, she's got a job. So yeah, she's very progressive. And then the rest of the film, she's a damsel in distress. She uh, comes on to HGLs immediately. Like that's the only reason she's in that job is to meet interesting men. She made some comment about how she did the same thing when Jack the Ripper also came in. And it's just like, you could have done a lot more with her, I think. (laughs) We don't get any backstory from her. Yeah, that too. She we just kind of find shuts out up. where she's from. We we do strangely find out her ethnic background, which I feel like that's really not important to anything. She's half um, it was just Italian a throwaway. and something like that. That was a throwaway gag. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we we didn't really need to know much about her. We didn't really need to know much about. I would argue any of them. I mean, we th- the movie was a, an act. It, I think this was an action movie without like, it wasn't like a Dwayne the Rock Johnson action movie, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of action happening and there was like fighting and some suspense, you know? I mean, I think that I'd I think say, I would say it's probably mm-hmm. more suspense. Uh, but it wasn't really suspense. I don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I guess thought you it could was more suspenseful than the movie we watched last week. I guess you could make the argument, but it doesn't matter. I. I it, it's just. Uh, I. I didn't see needing more from her and her background. I guess. Yeah, um, honestly, the way that she was written in the movie, I could have done without her. I think she could have been written better, uh, but. Yeah, certainly. And her voice. I didn't like it very yeah, much. Yeah, her either. voice was kind of annoying. I, I, I mean, it, it was... It, she, she's been in other movies, right? She's fine. She, mm-hmm. She's not like the best actor I've ever seen, but she's fine. It's just, clearly, she was written as some sort of like... I don't know, like trying to play off of H.G. Wells' belief that the, that the future is a socialist utopia and when he gets there and he meets this woman she is like when she they first start talking she sounds like she's a part of this socialist utopia because she's like i'm doing my own thing i'm not a housewife and i'm like on the executive staff of this bank 
And, you know, she's like, I have my own vehicle and I have this and that and I'm on my own. But then very quickly, yeah, she turns into this like damsel in distress, like you said, and just this stereotypical way that movies wrote women back then. And it's like, yeah. what are you what are you trying to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. And it it's so much worse because you've got her her performance in this stacked up against what I would consider two really good performances uh, from Malcolm McDowell and David Warner. Like, I think they are incredible in this movie. And honestly, she tracks it down so much. Like, I I think she does a good job given what she's given, but she's not given much. Yeah, the the scene at the end where HG is, like, begging him to let Mm -hmm. her go, and they're in the museum, Mm -hmm. and he, like, gets down on his knees. Mm -hmm. That's a really, that was really good. Yeah. 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 I feel like the scene before that with um, HG and John, I feel like they acted it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Amy just like stood there blank face the whole time. I, like, I feel like it was, she wasn't necessarily trying. And so that's, that's like a stereotypical way that women yeah. were in these movies. It's like, yeah. I don't know. Like I, 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 I can't give an example. Sorry, Elijah. <laughs> but I, I know that I've seen movies where women just, just I mean, don't that, have a reaction when a men are doing trope. things. It, that's a major trope, and it still happens too often today. Like it's like a lot of films where women just don't do anything. If you've got a, if you've got a knife to your neck, you're probably gonna be crying at least. Right. Or like terrified, mm-hmm. not yeah. just blank faced. Yeah, something. I don't know. I've never had to have that had to happen to me, so I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. Uh, I will say, um, kind of changing the subject a little bit. I think another thing that would have made this movie a little bit better. Um, it drags a lot, uh, kind of in the first part of the middle. Um, I think we spend way too much time seeing H.G. Wells adjust to life in the 1970s. Because it feels like that just kind of goes on forever. Um, it feels like the beginning in the 1800s mm-hmm. was a completely different movie yeah. than in the, in the 70s. It, it, it's, it, there, there were aspects of what wells was talking about prior to going to the future mm-hmm. like the utopian society and like they touch on it a little bit once he gets to the future but then it like all disappears yeah that's it, I, there's I think not much could, consistency in some stuff some yeah i think stuff. you could honestly take part of the middle out and you would honestly get a bit more of a cohesive film um but yeah, it, it drags a lot in the middle. You're just kind of like, okay, yeah, this is a thing. And I, I, I mean, I get that you like try and have to build that relationship between Amy and HG, but it just, it dragged and didn't do I feel much like for that, me. Ne- I feel like that relationship really wasn't necessary. I mean, maybe not, but. I, I feel like you could take out the 
the days of them like dating, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could take that out and just use her as someone to help him find John instead of like, oh, we have a woman in this movie she automatically has to be the love interest and the main character has to sleep with her. Well, also we have to make sure that it's actually, you know, H.G. Wells' wife. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's consistent in this movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, she was written poorly and that would probably be the one big thing I would change. Agreed. But uh, honestly, other than <clears throat> that, I think it's a pretty solid movie. Yeah, you you have a note in here about backstory. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I said, I said that. earlier that I was like, I didn't really need backstory because I'm like, I'd say we uh, get I, it. I've been thinking about it more and like, I feel like if you go into this movie, you kind of have a general idea who H.G. Wells is, who Jack the Ripper is. Yeah, I will say I think this movie banks on that. Um, like you get kind of a little bit of exposition at the beginning. Uh, and then after H.G. Wells first uh, travels uh, to the future, you get a little bit of more information about him. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I could go either way on that. I think mostly I wrote that because I wanted more backstory about John and H.G. Wells' relationship. Because, I mean, they're just shown as friends. And then, oh, five minutes into the movie, that's Jack the Ripper. And he's he's gone. I wouldn't and, even necessarily say that they were close friends. Like, we don't necessarily know that. We know at one point they were, but, like, mm-hmm. when the movie starts, all he's there to do is for, like, a dinner party mm-hmm. and to play chess with him. Um, so it, it, there's not really, like, I feel like a close friendship necessarily as much of, like, a gentleman acquaintance. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I feel I mean, like it could have worked better if it was, you know, supposed to be this close relationship. What what I got from this was that they're all working professionals or something, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's uh, I don't know. That's that. And so I mean, we know that uh, John was a doctor, um, and as soon as they said that, I was like, oh yeah, it's Jack the Ripper, because he yeah. uh, was famously known for his, um, or famously believed to have medical expertise from some of his murders well there you go i mean if you know that then you know that otherwise jack the ripper if 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 you know anything about history if you pro- if you took a history class surely you know that the name jack the ripper sure and if you don't well i don't know what to do with you i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. um b- but there's that and then hg wells surely you've opened a book surely you have taken a history class you know who hg wells is so yeah i mean literature class and if you don't i don't know what to do with you i'm sorry get on the googles type in hg wells read his wikipedia page and if you're interested go read uh do yourself a favor and the invisible man and uh after you get done with that go uh go google jack the ripper and listen to the five billion um uh true crime podcasts that are probably there about him and you know you're golden. Yep. Get Do off your favor. TikToks and read a book. 
Go go open a book. Hey, hey uh, there's probably information about HG Wells and Jack the Ripper on TikTok. If you look, I know you're up. listening out there, Joel, Emily, Sarah, whatever your name is. You know, right. where you, I know you can find information on both HG Wells and Jack the Ripper. Your local library. That's right. Go support your local library. Shout out go to the local libraries. The there you go. That's uh. That that's what I got to say about that. I don't think I don't think uh, we necessarily needed any more backstory or anything. It's just it is what it is. Take it as it is. Re- open a book once in a while. I understand what the movie's going to be about. Yeah. Ben, I, I guess you were upset at a marriage story for not knowing that the movie was going to be about a divorce. No, I mean, I, I, I knew what the movie was going to be about. I was uh, had a bone to pick because I think it does it. I, I think it had misleading promotional materials i think that was part of it though i mean maybe that mean i can't have a bone to pick with it all right sorry i know that wasn't anything about time after time <laughs> i just i just remembered that so all right anyway. well um Let, uh, let's chat about the ending real quick oh yes absolutely the ending because it, tristan you said that you didn't think it was necessarily suspenseful movie but the whole second half once it finally picked up the pace it got very not intense but like it was building something like a big finish or something Mm -hmm. and then the last 10 minutes i wouldn't it was probably more like the last five minutes of the movie where they're chasing them and he's got amy and they end up back at the museum and he's gonna uh, kill Amy because he's not a gentleman anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he gets in the the time machine to go to wherever, who knows where. And HD just says, "Oh," and pulls out the key to the time machine and says, "He's lost to infinity now." <laughs> and you're just like. What were you building all of this suspense for? Yeah, yeah. Just to just poof. The movie just it ends. It's over. It's like, all right. You thought like Jack Thurber's gone, uh, and that's the movie. He was about to kill her, and then, bam, he like gets his watch caught on something, and then she escapes from his arms. He gets in a time machine because I guess he just wants to yeet on out of there. And H.G. Wells runs up and pulls the key out. And he is lost to infinity. Bye. Bye. He goes, he screams. And then they get in the time machine and they start making out and the credits roll. Well, in between <laughs> in between him killing Jack the Ripper and then getting in the in the time machine to go back in time, there's this really awkward, unnecessary uh conflict choice that hg wells has to make of i'm going back in time and she's like i don't want you to go back in time he's Mm -hmm. like i'm going and he gets in and it's like two minutes of you know he's gonna open the door and let her in yeah but it's just 30 seconds to a minute of bad rough special effects and then he's like oh wait come on hop in and yeah, then they yeah. just start making out and it's just like 
And this the, great uh, movie, and it's that it's done. Yeah, hmm. that's not a, a terrific ending. There you go. That's yeah. the ending, folks. I I mean I don't. Yep. It's nothing to write home about. It kind of wraps it up really quickly, and overall, see it a good movie. Other than that, mm, I yeah. guess it just kind of ending just kind of tripped. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, now let's they score ran the out sucker. Of money. Oh. Yep. Now let's score the yeah. sucker. So, who wants to go first? I'll do it. Thank you, Tristan. Oh, you're so welcome, Ben. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, you know, I liked this movie, as as we said. Uh, it wasn't. It's not going on my list or anything, but I did enjoy it, and it's one of those movies that isn't so hard to watch or draining that I could watch it again, you know? Mm-hmm. And probably, like, it's a good movie to have in the background. It's like Young Frankenstein, I think. Like, it's a good movie to have in the background. It's funny. You can enjoy it. Um, this is not that funny, but it's different. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if I would use Young Frankenstein as a comp for this, but... Well, it's still a good movie to have in the background, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's interesting enough. Um, I'm going to give it a 73. Right. Yep. What about you, Brandon? I think I'm going to be a little bit more generous than that. Um, I think I think it was a very good movie, despite the ending and Amy's voice. Um, I'm sorry that it just it just got to me. There was a point where I had to turn the volume off. Breathe. I don't know why it got to me, but I get it. Um. But I, I think it's a it's a pretty good movie to where like you can turn it on and watch the first 45 minutes of it and then for the next 20 minutes go get you some food or something and then come back and then finish it out and you really won't miss much. Um, and it's still a good movie. But I would probably say uh, 82. Okay. Very nice. Uh, it's a little bit nicer than me. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a 79. Um, I think it's a good movie. Uh, it's something I would watch again. Um, I think the acting is pretty good. Um, and I, I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, we kind of talked this a little bit um, as like a suspense, had some kind of points where it felt like a thriller. I think the score played into that very well. Um, I will say that was one thing uh, that was very well received was the music in this movie, which I think was very well done. Um, I, the biggest thing holding me back, honestly, from giving this something higher is Amy. Um, I think she was just poorly written. And for a film about H.G. Wells, I feel like that's kind of just screwing yourself um, by a 79 um it just, it just feels right uh, it just feels after, right yeah after plugging that into our patented scoreometer uh, we get a final score of a 78 so yeah that's a pretty that's, solid movie that's good i think that yeah. works did you yeah. really choose 79 ben because i did because it was oh no i didn't 1979 wow no i didn't um but that worked out didn't it <laughs> For you, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, I did not plain that at all. Sherlock Holmes over here. 
No, that was H.G. Wells. Oh, you're right. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, what are we watching next week? I don't even know. I do. Do you? It's okay. the artist. The artist. Yes. I don't know anything about that. Uh, but I'm looking at the IMDb page. Uh, looks like it came out in 2011. It's, uh, yeah. It, uh, John it Goodman. Won in. Best picture in 2010, Ben. Oh, I didn't. Or 2011, maybe. I was about to say, how did it win Best Picture in 2010, man? It came out in 2011. I think it won Best Picture in 2011. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. It's a black and white film. It's, um, um, oh, heck. It's a, it's a uh, silent film. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, that should be something. Uh, be sure to join us next week when we talk about the artist. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to keep up with us. Keep up with us on social media uh, at Vider Media with all the cool stuff we're doing. Uh, new episodes of Setting the Skeen every Wednesday. Uh, Tea with Doug G will be back in the fall, which uh, if you're listening to this, should be just a couple weeks now. Uh, and who knows, maybe more. Uh, but yeah, until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. I'm Brandon. And this has been Setting the Skeen. Y'all have a great week. Oh, <laughs>